Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Fitness Philadelphia podcast. I'm your host, Dr. John Herding, and I have the absolute pleasure of talking to Philadelphia's best sports medicine physicians, physical therapists, strength coaches, and personal trainers. These movement professionals are the leaders driving the healthcare revolution in the Philadelphia region. During each episode, we gain valuable insight into how these individuals are changing the game. Please stop by precisionperformancept.com backslash fitness with a PH Philadelphia to subscribe and learn more. Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. John Herding here again with the Fitness Philadelphia podcast. Um, I'm super honored today with a very special guest. We have Nick Brashanti here from Effort RX. How are you, Nick? I'm doing good, John. Thanks for having me, man. This is going to be a fun one. Absolutely. I'm, I'm so I'm pumped to have you on today because you've been through it all. Um, you're a younger clinician like myself, but you've, you're an exercise physiologist. Initially, you've done the podcast thing. You've done the CrossFit coach thing. And now you've kind of created your own niche blend of physical therapy and high performance that um, you've really been able to craft this market in the local Westchester and Philadelphia region um, that's thriving, doing well. And we are just talking before the podcast that you have all these great things in the works too that we don't necessarily need to get into. But I love what I love about you is your mind's always going, you're always innovating. And really, it's so that you can better serve both yourself and what you want to do professionally and what keeps you running at a high octane 100%, but then also what helps your people run at the most, the highest performing levels. So that I thank you for. Well, I appreciate the intro, dude. Can we just call it a day? Wrap it up there. Yeah, absolutely. So I gave you a little bit of an intro, but why don't you tell us kind of how you got to be where you are, what you're currently doing and what that looks like for the business that you've been able to craft for your clients? Sure, sure. Thanks, John. And like you said, kind of bouncing through a lot of different chapters and, and evolutions of all this different career stuff. I will say first and foremost, I, I I learned a lot through school. So it kind of all came back to that when I was growing up here in Westchester, uh, knew I wanted to travel away for school. So I went down North Carolina, started studying exercise science down there, realized that the fitness industry was going to pull me in. And I, I loved my my intro with the you know small studio training that I was fortunate to get out of college, got a couple of years under my belt doing so, but then realized physical therapy was the next step. And I think a lot of a lot of folks that understand how PT school works, you get in there, you do your grind for a few years, and then you're in the healthcare market. That was the route that I, I decided to go down. But then I'd say about a year, year and a half into that, I realized that the, the fitness part was a necessity for me. I wanted to kind of get back into that realm and start handling uh, the ways I, I help folks in a different manner. So it, it was at that point, I, I had to make a decision and I didn't realize how many folks out there like you had already figured out how to blend physical therapy and sports performance and also how to do it wet really well with a, with a business model that was sustainable. So without having the, the understanding of that being an option, I did just kind of launch into figuring out how to do it through a business of my own. And so Effort RX has been the, the company I've been running now since 2018. Uh, obviously, it started small. It's still small. It's just me working the, the ropes there. But I've, I've taken a lot of different approaches to how I help people from start to finish. It's always been about fitness and moving the needle forward as far and as fast as we can with that. I love it. So. With your unique background in phys- physiotherapy and the fitness, you it's almost, I don't know if boutique's the right word, but you have this 
boutique niche business that you're blending the two and you have a physical therapy background. So you have your doctorate degree, but now it seems like you're also using that along with some of your other education to make sure people can perform, like you said, optimally as quickly as possible. So you're doing mostly fitness programming at this point, right? Yeah, I, that's a good way of putting it. You can't unlearn what you get out of a PT education. It's it's mm-hmm. something I know you and I have talked about this and, and through a lot of conversations with other coaches and healthcare professionals, as good or as bad as the attitudes might be around healthcare right now, the education does speak for itself. It's a lot of time. You, you read a lot, you study a lot. So while I understand a tremendous amount of the physical therapy world, it's not a major part of what I'd say I do on the front lines now. On a daily basis, I'd, I'd very much say the way you put it is what I do. I'm, I'm a fitness forward coach. I, I like to help people in buckets like nutrition, recovery, managing stress, and, and having the application of health fall into those categories nicely is, is a, a goal of mine. But PT kind of comes on a side dish, if you will, if it's needed and or if it's something that people have dealt with in the past, then it's good to have. But that's not a sales pitch that I'm looking to make with a lot of the folks that I work with long term. And I will say that's the other difference in in my world now of, of what I'm operating as a small gig. I, I have clients that really they're families, first of all. I've got about 15 families, which was always the goal of Effort Rx was to not handle 25 new people a month, but rather 25 people a year and, and go as far as we can with that. That That's how I, I kind of frame my services now. Now, of course, I cycle through, you know, your summer months. If a student athlete has to build some strength or somebody's getting over a tennis injury after their tennis season, we got to work on some recovery there. That's that's one thing. But I love the longitudinal approach. And I think working with the same clients for two, three, four, five years on end has had a tremendous amount of reward to me and to the client. But it is mm-hmm. different. It's It's been a lot of trial and error to understand first, that's what I wanted to do. And second, how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that's a great, I think that's why we get along so well is because we think on a similar path where there, there you sh- there's not these, these segments or silos of physical therapy or personal trainer or sports performance coach or nutritionist, or it's really just this continuum of movement, mm-hmm. right? Where, a squat for one person might be sitting up and down off the toilet. Another squat might be high performing at trying to squat 500 pounds, but the pattern is relatively the same. And then it's how you program that and dose the load and volume, right? Yeah. So, so I think your education sets you up uniquely to kind of what, you know, if I put in quotations, bridge the gap between therapy and performance. Right. But I also think that what makes us so unique is that we're not thinking of we're bridging a gap. It's just all the same thing. Right. And I think that's where the more innovators like you are now coming up and they're, they're thinking like you and they're saying, OK, this is really yes, I have the, the, this education, but it all serves to make me just a better coach. Right. Wherever this person fits in on that continuum. Yeah. yeah right? I, you said something important there a moment ago, and I want to just kind of pick it apart. The, the, the technical pattern might be the same in the sense of how you'd get the 500 pound back squatter versus the first time 5k runner to optimally move their body. Yeah. That, that pattern, Mm -hmm. whether you're a physical therapist in the first year of your career or a 25 year personal trainer might look the same. What I do appreciate though, is, is also very unique in how I think what, what you and I see on a daily basis is the relationship between business 
your passion, my passion for helping people mm-hmm. and how you create that relationship, it, it, it is different than what I'd say a lot of folks might view as a physical therapist or as a personal trainer. And I, I failed a lot to figure that out, man. I, I realized that you know, trying to sell somebody a banana when they want an apple isn't going to work. Charging mm-hmm. too much for an orange isn't going to work. And, and all the stupid fruit analogies I can come up with really just meant I was tasting a lot of different things out. And I was trying a lot of different ways to fit what I thought I wanted to do into a category. I guess what you're saying you and I might have in common is that there's probably not a really good category that they teach. There's mm-hmm. not a good category that you can just sign up on a weekend course or, or take a two-year degree with and, and say, yeah, okay, good. I got it. I know exactly what I want to do with all this education now. Um, and so that comes with a lot of good and a lot of bad. But mm-hmm. at, at the end of the day, one of the things you and I were talking about kind of before we jumped on the podcast was motivation. You, like a lot of us in all different sectors of, of careers, whether that's healthcare, finance, whatever it might be, I think a lot of us know what we don't like. And I, I think a lot of us know what doesn't work for us. And mm-hmm. speaking just about the individual here for a minute, being burnt out is a common thing now in, in a lot of worlds. And I think most of us that have gone the college route understand that you get a degree, but that degree doesn't necessarily mean the job you're going to go into first or second. It doesn't necessarily understand or make you understand what makes you happy. So in a lot of ways, I'm no different than most human beings. I, I had to figure out by trial and tribulation what, mm-hmm. what exactly fired me up. But, but that's what I admire about you is because you've, I've seen your path through multiple kind of business endeavors and you're always looking to serve your passions first. And then, but it's not at the detriment of helping your clients succeed at the most optimal levels. Right. But you don't want to be the person that burns out. You want to be the person that loves to show up at work all day and is, really motivated and inspired to better serve your people. Because we all know that you can't serve our clients, our patients, or whoever, if we're not inspired and we're losing inspiration and we're burnt out. Because if you're going the traditional healthcare model or the traditional personal training model where you're working 16 hour days and you're just giving, giving, giving. And that's why there's so much burnout in the fitness industry, in the healthcare industry, because we, we tend to be givers. Right. Right. So, so what I admire about you is now you've found your niche, you've kind of innovated and created this business for yourself that's serving your passion so that you can show up every day inspired. Yeah. I I know you've, you've recorded a few of these podcasts already. Have Mm -hmm. you gotten to that, that five question ending though, the rapid fires and have it come back to books that people are reading or have read or, or you know, nobody's, I've had some interesting answers, but nobody's brought up books. Okay. So what you just said, I'm sure people around me have heard me say a lot lately about a book I I wrapped up called Give and Take. And that's exactly to your points, written by Adam Grant, a a really good business Mm -hmm. forward or business minded approach to the world. Yeah. Healthcare providers, bankers, teachers, they're all givers. But what I've learned through kind of this lens that, that Adam Grant does a good job explaining is you will have success by balancing the give and the take. And, mm-hmm. and one of the things I didn't realize it, I guess, early on in this business that I've been running for a few years now, but I appreciate a lot now is I need to like it. If I don't like it, if I don't enjoy the people I'm hanging out with, if I don't enjoy, and that includes the clients, right? Not just mm-hmm. the other people around me working, but if I don't enjoy the outcomes that I personally feel give me the, the wins, the gains, then I don't know why I'm doing it. And right. I don't have time to waste on things I don't enjoy doing. 
That sounds selfish. But if you have a chance, go read that book, Give and Take. And it applies to everything. It's a, it's a really good one. Well, and absolutely. Before we get too far off track, because I feel like we could just go down this path forever, Nick, and I, we could talk for hours and hours and hours and just, mm-hmm. you know, but that applies to your clients too, I'm sure, where they're, they're giving so much. Like, like you said, you're working with these 15 families and you have these parents that are running two and three kids around to multiple practices a yes. week. They're working 60 hours a week for their employer. They're, they're just constantly giving, running around, not taking care of themselves. Right. Um, and then maybe they're finding fitness. They're 10 years down that path and they're like, oh, crap, I'm looking in the mirror. I'm 50 pounds heavier. I need to get back to fitness. I need to hire a coach like Nick who has this doctoral degree, this fitness background to get me back on track. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is, is that a path that some many clients are finding? It, it's common. Through? I think that the thread, again, you're nailing on some of these, these subliminal terms that I like. Mm-hmm. The word coach popped up and – I think it pertains to just about everybody. You need a coach. And it's not just for the accountability piece. Sometimes that's important, mm-hmm. but it's also not just for the expertise either. It, it, it really is hard to walk that walk and go along that journey alone. Mm-hmm. Even if the best of the best do it for some time, they're going to get in a rut. And, and that's inevitable. Human beings are very, very difficult organisms to understand. And as a coach, as a physical therapist, whatever clinician hat you're wearing, business guru you might be, you're still dealing with humans at the end of the day and there's mm-hmm. going to be mistakes. There's going to be difficult things that you can't plan and prep for. And I'm, I'm super OCD, John. I think in a lot of ways you and I might share this common desire to prep for everything as much as we can. Mm-hmm. But as I've learned through the health and the fitness sectors, your plan's going to be as good as it can be. If somebody doesn't show up to do mm-hmm. the thing, it won't work. Yeah. And if they don't show up consistently to do the thing, it won't work. And I think that's a lot of the, the common ground that I've had to understand, like you said, bridging the gap between therapy and coaching or, or physical performance. Man, that goes the same for recovery. It goes the same for nutrition. And that's why there are great coaches in each of those domains. I have tried to make the best I can a service available that's going to tie all those important factors into a conversation. And the conversation is the thing that I think probably is the glue more than anything else. If it yep. continues – we have feedback, both client, coach, that relationship works well, but it's it's not easy. And there's a lot of failure points. People have to be honest with themselves about what they want. That's the other thing here. Do you want good fitness mm-hmm. or do you just want less pain when you reach for the coffee mug? All the same. There's a plan yep. and we can stick to it. Love it. So tell me a little bit about who you're serving, how people are coming to find you, and then what a typical program with you looks like. So I'm serving first and foremost athletes, whether they're high level or new to a sport. I, I pretty much span across the horizon with everything and everybody. I've got kids that are 11 that are learning how to squat for the first time with 10 pounds in their hand. And they want to play football in the NFL one day. And all their goals are, are kind of the, the, the same as most young kids are. They just want to do really, really cool, exciting, fun things. But the parents, I'd say for a lot of my younger folks, are – also my clients. So the parents want dedicated hard workers out of their their sons and their daughters. They want to have accountability be something they understand. They want to have health literacy, something that's part of their daily routine. So with the younger folks I'm helping out now, they perform elite level CrossFit 
as a sport. They're swimmers that are looking at scholarships for colleges. They're lacrosse players that are top ranked in the country. There are football players, basketball players. Every every sport, again, you can imagine, mm-hmm. needs strength and conditioning, needs that health education, needs an environment around them. And I'm speaking just to the individuals that are younger, but it goes the same for the adults, right? I also have high-level endurance athletes that are looking to perform marathons, Ironmans. These are adults that some have high-level jobs and their jobs demand a lot of them. So their time is pretty capped. I also have folks that don't have a job. They're fortunate to have flexibility in their schedule, but that doesn't make it any easier for them to work with me consistently. It's it's kind of the same thread that we were just talking about, man. The, the individuals I work with span across the age group. It is not easy for me to understand why anybody would pigeonhole themselves so long as the passion is there. I want to see all my clients do really hard things and do them well and welcome the challenge of that. That's the commonality. The sport's not the commonality. Making sure that they understand and appreciate that being smart is also cool, that, that's important to me as well. So while we work hard together, if you're working on a session for an hour with me, squatting some weight or running or swimming, whatever it might be as your sport, you know, we're talking about what you had for breakfast. We're discussing what you're doing later tonight to take care of that sore whatever body part you got. You know, we're talking about how stressed out you seem to be and why you haven't slept in five days seems pretty obvious. What are we going to do about that? Right. So is it safe to say that you describe your service as a personal wellness coordinator? Yeah, that's a pretty good one. I haven't labeled mm-hmm. that, but I, I kind of like that. I'm just trying to because because you're you have this this great educational background and then you're making sure this kid comes to you at 11 and says he wants to play in the NFL and you're, <clears throat> excuse me, you're now looking at all the different realms of wellness, helping him manage that, helping to teach him to understand that as an 11 year old, that these things are important, which is right. so hard to do. And then you're helping to guide him into the direction of this is everything you can do to hopefully get you to, to your goal. But you know what? For the same 11-year-old, I'm going to ask mom when she drops him off, Right. What, what's he having for lunch every day? Because that's not up the 11-year-old. You right. know what I mean? But, but the same thing with an 18-year-old, it, it, it's pretty obvious. We've all been that age. Sleep's not important. You mm-hmm. need to stay up all night looking at TikTok and talking with friends. Well, dad, let's, let's get a whoop on that kid's wrist and let's look at his sleep. Not in a super overbearing way, but to show and educate how valuable that element of health can really be to unlock the next level, whatever the potential might be. Mm -hmm. I'm not willing to risk leaving it on the table. I I, want to get it. I want to make sure we're there with it. hundred percent. So how are you managing all of this? Because these are all things that, you know, hopefully all of the professionals around us and the people that we're interviewing on this podcast and are, I think a lot of our circle are thinking about these things, but then it just comes down to how are we managing all of these things? And especially right. you as one person with all these different realms that you're thinking about and looking at, do you, are you managing these yourself? Do you have a system? Are you bringing in other professionals with a little bit more expertise in one of these other areas? How are you personally managing these things to make sure that nothing gets lost in the shuffle? That's a, that's a really good question. That's the million dollar question is anybody that's doing a a kind of a business thing on their own needs to know. I'll I'll preface with this. It's not perfect. And what Mm -hmm. I do might not work for anyone else, but I know what I I like to track and how I like to track certain elements like sleep, for example, are to encourage the use of whoops. So right now, whoops, a band that you put on your wrist and everybody that, that is aware of these devices 
tracking things like heart rate is pretty normal. Tracking things like your sleep performance is pretty normal. I'm not writing a three-month protocol for my athletes to go to bed by a certain time, wake up by a certain time. I'm, I'm simply helping them do what I did for myself, which is learn, hmm. take some mental notes, figure out what does work as an experiment. I do like the scientific process a lot. So when you say, how do I manage these things? I'm going to use one person here as an example, because I think this can kind of help clarify. Um, I don't think she'd mind me talking about a little bit of what we work together on, but my, my, my friend and my client is, is working hard on performing a long endurance race, an Ironman next year. We've been working together for a couple of years now on different kind of chapters through this evolution, building up strength in some phases, working on speed in others. And some of the big things that we knew we could work together well on were the fitness domains, strength, conditioning, all that. But we also needed to tie in some of the recovery pieces, high level worker, very, you know, responsible, but also really ambitious mm -hmm. with the ways she might spend her time and the dedication to work therefore need to be carefully balanced. So wearing a whoop in this case was pretty obvious as a, as a no brainer. We wanted to make sure recovery was front and center as, as part of our discussion topics. We want to make sure that nutrition was also dialed in. It was it was easy for me to hear your other podcast guests you've had because they're local to me in the Philadelphia area. You and I have heard their names. We've been to competitions around them. We know the work they're doing for their clients. I'm not at all afraid to refer out when those areas of, of fitness or health span beyond my performance level or my coaching abilities. So we've brought in some of these other people and we've stolen some of the concepts that they're using. Stolen is not the right word. Referred out for the right words, right? To, to say we need help with this. Come help us and, and not be afraid that it will take a village. So again, what works well for me in the sense of tracking and coordinating, like you asked, is first and foremost, putting a hard cap on how many people I absolutely help. I, I can't do this for 25 people at a time. It's, mm -hmm. it's too much. So what I'll custom write a program, there's no copy and pasting. There's very little overlap, even though it might look very similar from client to client or athlete to athlete. You know, I've, I've got that same endurance level athlete I was just referencing doing races as, as other folks are getting ready for. They're going to mm -hmm. do the same race together, but they have different goals. They have different lives. They're living different days. So the program, therefore, should be different. Workload management is a hot topic in the healthcare and coaching world now. And I think I've, I've latched onto that and shared it a lot with my clientele because I think we can get stressed out from a lot of different things. I want fitness to be one of those things, but not to the detriment of the performance and, and not to the detriment of the enjoyment. So I have to make sure, at least in my eyes, I, again, you, you might choose to do this differently, but I have to make sure that I understand what the big picture looks like for just about all my people. Um, whether that's a student in high school getting excited for their next big tournament in lacrosse or a really high level executive or somebody that's brand new to fitness. Everything's okay in their life. They're not looking for a major disruption, but they just know that they need coaching. And, and okay, fine. If you feel good and you don't want to make any of these changes in any of those buckets of guided, we call performance, then what is it you really need with fitness? And sometimes, man, this is another learning moment for me. If they tell me they just need to follow a squat protocol, Dr. Google's got you, dude. I, mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't need to be your guy for that. Right. Like right. there are other coaches that are really good at that. That don't cost as much money that might not demand as much of you go that route. Cause it's probably going to work better. Right. 
This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the RISE Education Platform. RISE stands for Rehab Integrated into Sports Education. We offer solutions for business owners who want to bring more athletes into their practice, as well as clinicians to help them better understand how to integrate sports performance metrics into the rehab setting. Our 12-week master's class for clinicians offers solutions for clinicians to begin to implement these ideas right away. And our business mentorship helps business owners figure out the solutions that best suit their business's needs. Visit sportsrehabeducation.com for more information. So it sounds like the way you're managing some of those things is just creating awareness. And I think you can go as deep into any of those extracurricular wellness things like sleep or re- and how it impacts recovery. You can go as deep into that as you want and get as scientific as, with it as you want. But realizing where a person that is at in their life, everything they have going on, and just creating an awareness yeah, takes 80% of the problem out of the you know, it provides 80% of the solution maybe is what I should say. Right. Right, Um, because so many people just get lost in the shuffle and they kind of know they should be doing this better. But when there is a little bit of accountability that comes in, you create a little bit more awareness. I think they're able to take care of it themselves. And it sounds like with the high performing type of person that you're working with, hopefully things then just kind of fall into place as you're guiding and say, Hey, why don't you just take a, like put on this tracking, this whoop, which is great. I've been using it forever. Just creating that awareness can go a long way in getting the changes that you need instead of getting lost in the weeds of specifically monitoring this and that and the other thing. Yeah. 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 And that again, you could use any example, but doing hard things really well over and over again has to be something you want to do. If you mm-hmm. don't want to do something difficult, something that challenges you, I, I don't know that we're going to see eye to eye. Now that 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 takes some unpacking, of course. And if you've got you've got somebody that's really amped up to to make a, a big or a small change in their health or their performance in life, that can sound like a daunting ask. It can also sound like it's exactly what the person's looking for in that moment. But at the end of the day, if you don't track something, I don't know how you change it. And if you aren't willing to make the sacrifices, I don't know what you're standing to gain. It it, it is hard. This stuff is difficult. And again, man, I I was a burnt out 20 something year old doctor of physical therapy that loved pushing the limits of training. I loved getting really good results with fitness. But when I wasn't, I had to be honest with myself and realize it was a lot of the professional stuff that I was putting on my plate that didn't jive well with my lifestyle. That's a massive change, man. That's a radical change for a 20-some-year-old that spent 12 years in school and all this money to realize, shit, I actually don't think I'm, I'm, I'm good for this or it's yeah. not good for me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That scared me. It scares a lot of people sometimes. And, that, and that's such a mature thing to do for a 20 something year old, right? How many people get stuck in these jobs that mm-hmm. are unfulfilling just because it makes a good paycheck and then they're moving up the ladder and 10 years down the road, they're making enough money. They're making too much money. Their lifestyle mm-hmm. creep has kind of settled in and they're like, well, I, I can't leave this job. I'm stuck here for another 20 years. Exactly. And, yeah. and, and I know you've heard this a thousand times. I'm sure everybody listening has as well. The the most important thing I do believe, and I'm still naive, I'm still young, figuring stuff out, although I feel older every day, time is is more important to me than money will ever mm-hmm. be. I, I, yeah. I can't can't understate the value that my good buddies, good coaches, colleagues like you around me have said. 
if you don't control your time, no one else will. If, if you can't have the ownership or at least the responsibility to dedicate your time the way you see fit, then I, I can't really help you that much. That, that, that has to be the first and foremost thing people are doing. And, and that, that can take a lot of patience. Sometimes it's, it's hard for people like you and I that might be a little bit impulsive. And again, I'm lumping you and I together in the sense that we, we like results. That, that's mm-hmm. part of our job. That's, that's in our DNA. We like to see the outcomes we strive for. But you can't rush some of those things. Starting a business, for example, or, or creating a new 10-pound squat game will take time. Mm-hmm. You, you can't buy it. it. It won't work out if you're looking to just spend money on it. So going after money to get the outcomes you think are going to make you happy, that sounds silly to me now. That sounds a little redundant. So it sounds like there's been some common themes here, and I'm going to try to piece some stuff together. It, you just kind of, through everything you just said when you were talking about fitness with your clients to your personal life, it all comes down to the basics and almost the power of routine and doing the large overarching things well mm-hmm. and not getting caught up in all of the minutia and then getting sidetracked by the next shiny bright thing. So mm-hmm. I think I, one of my mentors one time said he had a client who she owned this multi-million dollar like dog training business like doing mm-hmm. really, really well. And she, the first seven hours of the day were hers. Wow. It was something along the lines of like, she would wake up at 7 AM. She'd walk the dogs, have her coffee, do all her thing. And then she'd go into work at three work like three to three to eight. And that was her day. But she took the first seven hours of the day to make sure that she was right. So she could best perform, take care of everything she needed to do personally. So she could best perform at work and all, all hands were on deck at work. She could put a hundred percent focus into work for those five hours at the end of her seven hour personal time yep. to make sure she achieved the best results. Right. So you're talking about how time is most important to you. You're controlling that, then mastering the basics within yourself and your business. But then also as you're getting into the programming and mastering the basics with your clients of it might take a year to get a 10 pound increase in your squat and then tracking change through that to make sure you're programming the proper way to get that change. Right. So it's really just mastering the basics tracking to see the change and the progression, which is, I think, what people forget to realize with fitness a lot of times and, and physical therapy and or getting over an injury, whatever it is, is mastering the basics and doing the basics and the little things really well is where you see most of the results. Right. When you're getting into this amusement park fitness, uh, which is you any name any number of boot camp style programs that are seem very random in their programming. And to me, sometimes you can just take a look at the individuals performing in there and they look the same as they did, barring, you know, special circumstances, the same as they did two years ago when they joined those programs, because there hasn't been good trackable progression through the program, right? right. They just want to move. They want to build, be, be around their friends. So it's really community focused, um, which is serving, you know, you, you could argue that that's serving certain realms in um, wellness that are hugely powerful for a lot of people. But if you're really looking for fitness progress and you really want to see the type of change that it sounds like people are hiring you and me for, it's mastering the basics really well. And a lot of times that can be really, really boring. Yeah. But I, I actually really like the way you, you tied that last point together. You did a great job summarizing that. I think, yes, t- time is super valuable. 
I think a lot of what we do as a routine or as a fundamental layer to anything, whether that's education or fitness or, or personal growth, whatever it is, the basics have to be pretty well understood. But the last piece there that you, you bring an interesting point up, because I've been thinking about the next chapter of what I'm going to do professionally. And I'm thinking about the community element you just brought up. If, if what someone asked me was help to get happier and we dive into that, we do some analysis. And we realize that they're missing something of a community. They're, they're not quite as engaged as they mm -hmm. need to be. Then I'd say almost let that five-year experiment go on. And, and I don't care if you get one pound lighter or heavier. I don't care that you look a, a bit heavier or you feel a little bit leaner. I really don't know if I care as much about that first question. Are, are you happier? Does mm -hmm. that satisfy a big part of your life? And if so, great. Now, what you and I are going to leverage in that experiment, though, John, is when someone's feeling good, they're going to want more of what made them feel good. And if you and I have some input on that, we have some influence on what those behaviors, what those inclusion things might be, we're not going to steer them to the bar at 2 a.m. We're going to ask them, well, how much better could your fitness plan be? You've mm -hmm. been doing that group thing for five years. You're happy. That's what you asked me to help you with. Are you happy? Yeah, cool. All right. Well, what else is there? Right. What's the potential that's left? What could we do better? And I think that's the thing that does continue to, to serve people well long term. You know, goals are set to be met. And this scientific experiment that I said earlier that I can subscribe to is, is, is over and over happening where people have a hypothesis. You know, if I do this thing, I think I could get this outcome. Great. Well, take, take me through the observation. What's going on now that's going to support it right, right this second in your life? And what do you need? What, what is it? Do you need a custom fitness program? Yeah, cool. Do you need a nutrition plan? Because you already got a great personal trainer? Cool. I might not be the person for you, but here's somebody that I know does really well with the nutrition department. So let's let's just back up a little bit and, and call it for what it is. As you and I work to serve our communities, we are coordinators. You used that term really mm -hmm. well earlier. And I think sometimes it can get, like you said, really enticing to go after the shiny thing or or just stay in the realm of basics. And either might serve people well, but that might also keep people in the same rut for too long. So I, I do think growth is super important to all this and how people grow doesn't, to me at least, always have to come down to the fitness outcomes. I just believe that physicality and hard training serves as one of the best, if not the best basis to get that growth and also have the impact, the ripple into the other domains of life. I, I can't tell you, John, how many times I've had clients tell me, they're doing better with this, that, or the other part of their life. Their families are more cohesive. This is weird stuff, man. And if you told me at 18 that you were going to do this professionally, for the rest, I'd be like, no way. This is crazy stuff. But really, the, the, the things that I hear people are finding value in by just doing really well with a fitness program, for example, mm -hmm. is profound. And, yeah. and to me, I, I didn't realize it when I started in the fitness sector that it was going to be so important to people that I helped out just to understand that. I also thought, well, physical therapy means that people are going to get healthier. They're going to get over injury. They're going to go back to their, you know, high performing selves. Well, sometimes that stops short. A lot of times that stopped short. So kind of wrapping up the summer you made there, right? That the time that you and I spend as individuals seems to be tailored a lot around growth, both on the independent front, the personal front, as well as the business front. I know it's hard to always find time to do the things the way we want to do them, but if if there's something that makes me feel good about walking the walk, it's admitting I, I'm not 
perfect. Mm -hmm. I'm not good at a lot of things. And I don't care to be the best or even good at a lot of things. I just know what I want to get better at right now. And a lot of the things that I need to get better at right now include business. I, I didn't go to business school. I, I went the hard knocks way by going out on my own and having folks like you help me understand what it might take. But I, I know what I need to do to get myself five years down the road where I want to be is going to include understanding business better. So going for a business coach, do that two years ago was a very easy decision. I, I had to have somebody to count the steps for me and, and highlight where I should be putting my energy because if it was left up to me, I'd still probably be charging a very low amount, mm -hmm. taking clients at 545 and 545 again in the same day. Mm -hmm. And I would never have gotten any further in the other areas of my life that I definitely still wanted progress. In. Yep. Well, and I think the expectation isn't perfection, right? It's a, it's continual growth. Right. And I think you lose, and this goes for yourself. It goes for your clients. It's not, you're not expected to come in and, and even if you have a plan outline for the day, maybe you got a poor night's rest or there's a stress in your family. And if you don't hit that program, like you were saying before, like we can easily adapt so that you continue to see progress. But the, the goal isn't perfection with anyone. It's continued growth. And I yeah. think we keep going back to valuing yourself to make sure you can serve others. It's if you're, what I've seen as I've gone through this and I've been there myself is when you start to get burned out, you just lose the passion for continued growth. Yeah. Right. And yeah, I think true. you're, you're been able to put yourself in this position where you still, you're ready to inspire people and help them grow and help them strive towards perfection. Maybe understanding that that necessarily isn't the goal. It's how can we continue to help you improve, be a better person and just see growth in whatever realm of wellness life, we can. Right. Yeah. I think yeah, that's great. Man. And in, in going through that stuff, you were taught when you're asked, you're going through the types of questions you ask, you, you very craftily were asking guiding questions. It sounded like to help people come up with their own answers. Like you're not always providing the answers, you're coaching, helping lead, and then asking the right questions to help your clients. It sounds like come up with their own responses and answers to answer their questions. Is that true? Yeah. If I ask you how you're feeling on any given day and you go, yep. meh, I'm good. Yeah. That, that won't cut it. Right. So tell me about better. that process. Why are you, why are you asking those types of questions? Because I think that's something a lot of the better fitness professionals are doing and there's a great psychology around that, but yeah. why, like, tell me about that exploration process, why you've chosen to ask questions that Man. way. I, I, I think you could you use the cop out answer of saying technology these days is pulling people in the wrong direction where the, the, the cookie cutter answers are, are just super front and center. I, I don't know that that's the whole point, but it, it, it's prevalent now, whether it's an older or young individual, somewhere in between. If you don't make the human connection, um, then the alliance of whatever you're trying to work together on might not be as good as it could be. So I, I really do care about the people first and foremost. I think that means when I ask you how you're feeling or what's going on, and I've, I've been trained in very little of this militant, I'm trying to get under your skin and understand everything about your life. No, it's not that deep, man. It's not. I, I just need to understand how you're feeling and why. Mm. That's it. If you feel good about something, why? You don't feel good about something? You don't feel confident? Well, maybe we don't pry this second, but I'll start making a mental catalog of you doing that on every single Monday or every single week for three straight weeks. What's going on on the weekend then, man? You know, yeah. it's not that far-fetched to think somebody that rages every Friday night 
maybe he doesn't drink on Saturday or, or even at all on Sunday, but we know alcohol is a depressant, right? So that right there, I've been working with folks for years that still say the same stuff. They feel bad when they drink. Okay. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and say, I don't enjoy indulging in certain things or in certain ways throughout my life, but come on, you're going to keep telling me you feel bad on a Monday and you can't make the connection as to what's going on Friday night. Then, then let's talk about that. And if you're right. willing to make a change, cool, we can take that next step. But you know, that's, that's a negative example. Here's a good one as a, as a positive, somebody comes in and they're, they're, they're really nervous about a big event, pick one out of a hat, whatever it might be. And they've done really poorly the last race, or they've done really well in a race before. And now they're doing an experiment. Now I'm excited about this experiment. They're going to eat different food and they're going to try a different food for just that reason. They want to see how it improves, it improves or, or hinders their performance on a race. They do well with it. Great. You know what we just did was unlock your superfood. You know what I mean? How, mm -hmm. how did it feel? Gets that out in the open. If you don't ask that, I, I don't really care to squat as much as we need to squat today before I understand why are you so confident? What's got you on cloud nine right now, man? Let me, let me hear about that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it, it does still come back to this society and the world we live in where there's instant gratification. There's ways to get smarter every click of a button. There's things that people should try to buy because it's the new fastest way to do a thing. Um, people are smarter than I think we all want to admit. Mm -hmm. And people are willing to say to themselves more often than I think we give them credit for that what's not working is not working or what is working is working. And we don't have to be the rocket scientist, you and I, as the coach or the physical therapist. A lot of times people have that in their brain. You, you mm -hmm. just can guide them to getting that more into this, this habit part, more into the relationship part of their brain, bring it to their conscious abilities to say, you know, I haven't been eating great for about a week. I think it's hurting my, my training performance. I, I got to do something about it. Yeah, right. you do. Yep. Cool. And we keep touching on this too. I think really at the heart, whether the physical therapist, personal trainer, performance coach, whatever, we're just coaches and relationships. The better the relationship you can have, the better outcomes you're going to get. We're just, we're coaches and stress managers at heart. Mm -hmm. Whether you're thinking about all the things that you're thinking about, or we're just thinking about loading protocols or sets and reps, it's all just a stress. And it's all, which system are we stressing in the body? And then how are we forming relationships with our clients to improve outcomes? Right. And I think the more that all of the wellness professionals in our area, nationally, internationally, whatever, are thinking about how do we form good relationships and how do we manage stress? I think the profession just improves as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, and the reason we're kind of talking about this locally, you and I, we, we live in the same area. Philadelphia is a cool place. It's, it's my home. I, I live just in the outskirts of it. I feel privileged. I, I got to say it like that, that there is a, a bit of understanding just to the folks around me about what hard work can look like, how it pays off, if you will. And, and I don't know that that has anything special to do with Philadelphia, but there are a lot of people in this area that have had really, really successful outcomes so long as they work hard on them. And I, again, I use the word fortunate for a reason, because I think that will change depending on where you go. Success looks very different for a working individual in a different part of the world. Success feels different in the health sense when you're talking about a really unhealthy city or a very healthy city. Success can look mm -hmm. different, feel different, be different. 
And if you, the coach or the therapist, are going to plop yourself into any of these different communities and do well, you want to thrive, you have to have that understanding of what those people are, are thinking, what they're doing. You have to understand the pressures around just the individual you're speaking to as well. It, it, it's hard to be a student in college in Pennsylvania and not understand how important Penn State, Villanova as a school might be, right? That, that student is going to know that's a really cool thing to people around here. But mm -hmm. dude, nobody cares about that in Florida. Like, it's just different. So that's a silly example to think about. Know your people. Know, know who's around you, what's around you. Know what motivates them and influences them. But at the end of the day, you, you were right. We are humans too. So I, I can't be the guy or, or the gal that bashes physical therapy over and over and over again and then say, oh, well, your shoulder hurts. Let me do some physical therapy on it. Like, right. That would be silly. Yeah. And, and it, it goes it goes for all professions. You can't be the doc that prescribes medicine in a pill form and expect me, the, the patient, to listen to you about going to physical therapy. If your whole solution is a pill, a pill, a pill, but then you scribble your name on a piece of paper at the end of it and say, well, and here's a thing for physical therapy. Dude, you're not setting anybody up for success with that. Mm -hmm. there, there's a lot of expectation you and I as coaches, as influencers have on the expectations of what the people we help seem to want. And, and that isn't a delicate tool. That's powerful. If our expectations are high-level performance in the fitness realm, high-level performance in the personal realm, we don't need to be perfect. We shouldn't expect to be. But what we should do is a little bit of that instruction and, and outward motivation. We need to put out there for the world to see that we do have a little bit of that walk in our own shoes. We, we take those steps alongside our people. Because we actually value it. It is important. Lead by example, 100%. Yep. So tell me, we were talking a little bit. You don't have to share share as much as you want. But what's next for you, Nick? <clears throat> You're doing all these oh. great things. I want to hear what's next for Nick. <laughs> the, the ripple effect with what I'm doing currently in Effort Rx, it's just me doing a lot of the coaching and the business stuff. The ripple effect is important. Impactful. It's it's a very pronounced impact I get to have on my my small group of individuals. I'm sure that I'm going to continue to do it and love it, but I know that I I've got a little bit more potential in me to make the ripple go further. And so mm -hmm. what I'm looking at doing now is creating a service that'll be available to folks that want that next level of performance. They want a little bit of growth in any number of these areas we've discussed, and they want a good plan and a good strategy to to support that growth. But I have to make that service available where I'm, I'm not the one doing all of the work anymore. And I, again, think that means teaming up with other professionals, teaming up with other individuals that have areas of expertise that differ from mine. Some may overlap, but nonetheless, I, I'd like to see the community around me in this Westchester area include some more people than I currently help working really, really, really hard at things that are really, really worthwhile. And, and a lot of this is going to come down, down to the fitness buckets as far as my expertise can guide it. Mm -hmm. But I'm thinking about a team of individuals that might look like a nutritionist, medical professionals that include doctors and nurses, marketers to get this out there, mm -hmm. thought leaders that are going to sell this initiative. People that are also participating in these types of services would include folks that are in, for example, a small company network. 
Now, if there's a company around here that we wanted to pick out of a hat, we probably know some people in that company might be this type of person over here that want to go to their group fitness thing in the morning a couple times a week. That's all they want to have to do with their health. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a little bit of potential that we can tap into there, though. Maybe we can dive in like we used that example earlier and expand on that type of individual. But all the same, you also in that same company might have somebody else that really wants to perform a high level race or an endurance type event. And and why can't that company start serving the microcosm of culture? Why can't that culture of high-performing fitness, high-performing healthcare be a thing that's shared amongst all the individuals within their own kind of unique individuals? That that to me is a, a fun and, and rewarding experiment that I think warrants a lot of work. It's going to take some business acumen. It's going to take the healthcare approach because we want to make sure that there there is a high level of, of pedigree going into this, but it's going to take coaching. It's going to take a lot of fitness forward thinkers. It's it's all of these things wrapped up into what I'd say a project, again, without getting too many of the details out there yet, mm-hmm. looks like the next chapter for me so that I'm not putting myself back into that gauntlet every day of working with 25 clients. Yep. I know that to be something I don't want. And that's great. And that's, and that's why, like, how can we, or how can you further your expertise and influence to create a um, healthier community around you? And I, and I love that. And I'm looking forward to see what you do, Nick. That's going to be great. You and I are going to talk about it more, man. Maybe off there first. Uh, yeah, we'll have that combo. All right. So in closing, we've been closing these episodes with a final five questions. You have not been prepared for these and it's just quick rapid fire. I want to give people more insight into who, who Nick is. All right. Let's go. So what would be your walkout song? (laughs) You're walking into the gym Monday morning for your first session. Give me the the walkout song. Pardon the taste. Roses has been something that it, it just gets the hairs up, man. I don't even – St. John, that's it, some remix, something fast and really, really <laughs> upbeat. Roses has been played for the last couple of years. I'm looking for new ones though. So if anybody has any suggestions or you have one, text it to me. Got it. What's your favorite exercise? Running. Oh. It's, it's, it's also the least favorite. It's the thing that I think I got to do. I, I did not expect that answer at all. I expected like snatches or squats or something. Well, I love all them. Yeah. But if you had to take them all away and leave me with just one for the rest of my life, I'd choose running. Got it. One food for the rest of your life. Ooh. How about a shake? Like what kind of shake? Like a milkshake? Well, I make like 1,200 calorie shakes, dude. So, all right. All right. A, a protein shake with, with kale, bananas, strawberries, blueberries, every berry under the sun, uh, some milk, some powders, ice cubes, peanut butter, Greek yogurt, all that. I'm in. I like that. Along the same lines, what's your guilty pleasure? <laughs> My fiance would have about five that she'd probably say, but I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go with the, the craving that hits the hardest might be a pizza. Any special toppings or pepperoni? Yeah, any spe- or bacon. What about any specific place around our area? Yo, you know what? There's a place in Westchester. I'm not gonna say it's the best pizza because I think everybody deserves to answer that for themselves. But Rise has the super thick crust. Mm-hmm. When I'm going into that mode, I, I need to feel like a baked potato on the couch afterwards. I don't necessarily chew my food that much. It's just down the hatch. But Rise has that thick crust. It's right in Westchester. They may have another location, but mm-hmm. yeah, secret plug for them, man. They they fill it up. Love it. And then along those lines, love that. What's your favorite thing about the Philadelphia area? What brought you back from North Carolina after school? So I went from from North Carolina to Pittsburgh, and I knew that the weather out in Pitt was too much. I I, I like Philly, even though I might have a sim, similar climate. Um, 
because it's got the diversity. It's close enough to the water. Something about being landlocked to me bothers my DNA. I can't go too much farther inland. I like mm-hmm. having the beach close by. I like having a good summer. I love seasons. I, I can't stand the, the winter at all. But mm-hmm. I do like snow on Christmas once in a while. So Philly's just also got a lot of the stuff that I've come accustomed to. I think everybody loves their hometown. I, I think that's important. And I know how comfortable I feel when I come back to this place, knowing that it's my home. Love it. Cool. And Nick, um, in closing, where can people, if they want to want to learn more about you, where can they contact you, Give throw out some of your information for us? So this is a tough one because I was super adamant on, on social media. I, I was evident through the couple of years that I was very, very busy on it, but that's not where you're going to find me interacting that much anymore. Bet to reach me is email or just a simple phone call or text. Mm-hmm. If you want, you can check out the show notes. I'm sure you'll have an option to, to kind of plug that in there. But my email is nick at effortrx.com. You can easily find me on my website, which I don't check anymore. And I don't think that's the appropriate place to point people. Yeah. But if you are actually interested in diving into the, the prior conversations that I've learned a lot from, I'll make a secret plug here to the Two Nobodies Talking Podcast. Oh. My, my good friends yeah. and, and, and colleague in crime, Will Boyd, mm-hmm. uh, had created this podcast back when we were in PT school. There were some very, very cool combos. You're on a couple of them. Go go listen to a couple of the folks that you think might be up your alley. As far as the categories, they span everything. It was a lot of healthcare talk. It was a, a very cool project for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Two Nobodies Talking, that's a podcast. Uh, and, and Nick at EffortRx.com, if you need to reach out, want to reach out, get in connection in the Westchester area about doing something cool, that, that would be the best bet. And that was a great podcast. And you're one of the originators of the pod. I mean, that was seven years ago, if not more, right? It's a while, man. Yeah. 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 So that was, you know, you were one of the the innovators in that and one that I listened to. And I appreciate you for having me on that one. But go back and listen, everyone. The information on that then was is still pertinent today. So appreciate that. Cool, man. But thank you, Nick. I appreciate having you on. And guys, please reach out to him. Nick's doing some great stuff, continuing to change the game. You heard thinking about some higher level stuff. But Nick, we appreciate you. We appreciate everything you're doing in the community. And I appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate it, man. We'll talk soon. Yep. Hey, hold on a second. Don't leave yet. This is your host, Dr. John Herding, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of Fitness Philadelphia. If you did, I'm going to ask you to do three simple things. They take less than five minutes and they go such a long way. We really do appreciate it. Number one, please subscribe to our show wherever you listen to it. iTunes, Spotify, or whatever it may be. Number two, please leave us a favorable review. Number three, share it. Put it on social media. Talk about it with your friends. Send it in a text message. Whatever you can do to share this episode because we put a lot of work into it and we want to make sure as many people are getting the value out of it as possible. And lastly, if you'd like to learn more, please go to precisionperformancept.com backslash fitness Philadelphia. Thank you so much. This is Dr. John Herding. This is Fitness Philadelphia and have a great day.